Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast, number one Browns podcast on the planet. You got Kevin and Raleigh and uh, <clears throat> and Raleigh. We got a lot to talk about here. It's not been a fun week. I got to be honest with you of the this is our fifth season doing this done hundreds plural of episodes. We're way past 200 now, probably closer to three. I don't know. <laughs> Thousands of listeners. Why? I don't know. This was, in thinking about coming into this episode this week, this was, I've never had a harder time thinking about what I want to say. But I will say, before we even get into this, I'm going to preface everything with, everyone relax. It's two games in, and we already got this big division amongst the fan base, and it's wild. It is two games in. But before we get into all that stuff, you were at the game. Tell us about your trip to Pittsburgh. Well, Kevin, it was fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mom. Sorry, Mrs. Toletta. Um, yeah, we did our annual guys trip to Pittsburgh. Uh, normally, the games are on Sunday. Normally, we get in on Friday. Out of old habit, we booked a trip for Friday, and then we were like, what the hell are we going to do in Pittsburgh for this extra day? So we basically just golfed and boozed the whole time, which was fun. Uh, the accents... Yinzer accents <laughs> are the most absurd thing you could fathom. It's like these people are going down, going, down in that. Hey, we're going down, down. Watch the Stellars play the Brown. I'm like, it, it, it can't be mimicked. You just you hear it, no. and you're like, I'm like, you guys are out of your minds. But uh, yeah, went to the game with. Talk about what you guys do before the game. Like, was there a good... We golfed in the morning. We tailgated with Zabo. He made the Shout trip. Out Zabo. Shout out Zabo. Zabo Company. Company. Com. <laughs> and um, uh, we had a good time. High-fived Browns fans. Had exchanges with, Ste like, friendly banter exchanges with Steelers fans. So you didn't get stabbed. No one threw a beer at didn't you. Didn't get stabbed. Heard things that I'm like, I have no idea what you just said to me because of that accent we were just talking about. Um... The game went down. The Chubb injury was probably the most horrible thing. And we didn't, nobody knew how bad it was until you said, I don't even want to talk about it. But the whole stadium just gasped. Uh, started drinking at a progressively increased rate more than I do at most Browns games. Um, was absolutely bombed by the end, but it was a game until it was over walking out of that stadium losing to the Steelers when you're supposed to beat the Steelers <laughs> in Pittsburgh with all of those whatever you want to call them yinzers that was Chubb. one of the most experiences of my life from a sports standpoint and uh you said one of the most experiences one of the worst one of the worst okay. excuse me Your excuse uh got separated from my friends made it to Taco Bell demanded $45 and tacos i was going to feed the house 
even though it was like 2 a.m. at that point. Um, some guy who was from Cleveland, well, he's from India, grew up in Cleveland, not a sports fan, but he gave me a ride home. Oh, Shout out, Najit. Uh, you're my best friend if you're listening to this. And uh, You tell him to subscribe? Nice. <laughs> it's like, please, but also you're subscribe to the Dogs of War podcast. Star, Give us a five-star yeah. review and tell your friends. Um, yeah, it was a fun trip that was just marred by a horrible, horrible Browns loss. Here's, I went to the Browns bar in Chicago. A Browns bar. A Browns bar, yes. I went to, I was back in Cleveland for week one. Got to see that, which was great. And then I was back here in Chicago for week two. You were there in person. So we're kind of going flip-flop here. Here's what killed me. When Chubb went down, obviously it hurts to lose the best back in football. Hands down. Don't even look at me. Not you. I'm talking to other people. The most dependable, the get out of jail free card, the dude, the only Brown in my lifetime that you were just confident every time he has the ball in his hands. You see this dude where it should be three yards, turns into 25 yards. You see what looks like four guys tackling him and he somehow dances out and goes on a run. What kills me the most about that injury is not just losing the football player. That's obviously huge, but that's less important than think of all the dumb assholes. Sorry, mom and Mrs. Davis that we've had come through this franchise over the last 20 some years. No names. I don't want to get out. Let's get angrier. Think of those people. You all know who we're talking about. Go all the way back. And it's more, I guess there's been some recently, but to have that happen to Without question, one of the very few, if not the most loved Brown outside like Joe Thomas, you know, in the last 20 years is what kills because we've had so much BS go on with this godforsaken franchise and team since 99, more bad than good. And Chubb just came to work every day, never said a word, never did one thing wrong is like the model human, model football player for it to happen. Not that I'm, and I'm, I'm not saying I want anyone to be injured ever, ever, even the assholes we've had around here. But for it to happen to him in that fashion this season, when this was about to be, you know, probably his best year ever. And now to have totally uncertainty of what's going to happen next. And first of all, people that are trying to, you're trying to for all these predictions and, Doctors watching the film. Is he going to come back next year? Is he gonna... No one knows. It's impossible to know until the surgery's done, until they start working them out. So everyone just relax on that front. Stop stressing yourselves out. If I had to bet the house, I'm betting that Chubb is going to carry the ball for the Browns again. That's just who he is. If there's one dude who's put his head down for 8 to 12 months and, and get back, it's going to be him. So long story short, and then we can try and somehow try and cheer this up a little bit. That's what killed me the most is that the one dude who's come in here the last 30 years and done everything right, been a hero for people you know in Brown's Nation, for it to happen to him of all people is what killed the most. And that's why I stood outside the patio at the bar and literally just stared and watched cars go by for about an hour. Yeah, no, that, that, that checks out. Um, it was... You hit the nail on the head numerous times. It sucks. It's like, I'm just hoping that the team 
can rally around him, use him as a figure, use him as a, I don't know, a symbol of hope, a symbol of what are we fighting for? I don't know if that's just fan theory, fan fantasy, whatever. I'm still at a loss for words. This doesn't, at all. this is not to diminish. There's no replacing Nick Chubb. This is not to diminish his role, his ability. There point blank period. No replacing Nick Chubb. Stefanski said it. Every player said it this week. It's common sense. We all know that. That being said, glass half full losing Nick Chubb should not be any kind of dagger in this season. I understand when you look at how the quarterbacks played the last couple games and even going into last year. I get that. That's why people are losing their goddamn minds right now. Side note, everyone, Twitter's not real. Please, I, no matter what side of the argument you're on, and I'm not subtweeting anyone, or Twitter's not real. All right, relax. But what has really, really got people going more than I've ever seen two weeks into the year is the fact that Deshaun has not had a good game yet this year. He's had two poor games. I am, for better or worse, I'm going down with the ship or riding it to glory. He's the quarterback. I'm not. People, and again, to repeat what I said to start this episode, fam, it is two weeks into this season. Of all the fan bases in the world for sports teams, we have seen and been in much worse situations, maybe not with losing child, but anyway, than what we're going through right now. It is two weeks into the season. Let's get through the first four games. Let's get to the bye, and then we can talk. All right? Deshaun did not play well. Deshaun was the first person to say that in the interview after. He said, put it on me. I did not play well. All the blame, I take it, it's on me. He knows that. I, I would have... I did not want it to come to this, but I kind of, I don't know, I don't know how loud I was about it, but predicted it. If he did not come out of the gates looking like a rock star, this is exactly what would happen. I think yep. he got away with it week one. And this is for better or for, this is just what I predicted would happen. Uh, there were a lot of fans, Browns fans, that were kind of ripped on when Baker was getting flamed nonstop and they were cyber bullied for supporting Baker. You were ripped on, you were called a Baker bro, whatever uh, you and me are kind of thinking about it. Like, well, yes, we were friends with Baker and Emily, but support the office. Baker was gone. Okay. Deshaun's our guy. We also said on this podcast, if you want the stamps, I'll send them to you. We also came out here and said when Baker played bad. Yeah. Like it, it, it's, you're allowed to be subjective while still cheering for your team and your guys. Yeah, and there's a lot of people right now that are enjoying dunking on Watson, enjoying dunking on Watson's camp. It's like, well, if you want to run the guy out of town two games in, I mean... That's what's blowing my mind. It's like, you're doing a good job. I'm not saying maybe it would have no impact. Maybe he would get ran out of town anyway because of his play, but there was a video I saw of some guy in Philly, uh, baseball, I don't remember who the player was, but basically the fans kind of rallied and were like, we're just going to cheer the shit on. <laughs> we're just going to go nuts every time this guy comes to the plate. He started putting some hits together. Really wish I knew baseball names and baseball right. stats, but he went on a heater and then he like put up a billboard that said, thank you, Philly. Like 
Unfortunately, for better or for worse, every Browns quarterback, including Baker and apparently Deshaun, they read Twitter. They go to the internet. Deshaun's getting blasted for blocking reporters that were critical of him. Like, you can sit there all you want and hate on him for it, and rightfully so, because you supported Baker and you didn't like how he was treated. But at the end of the day, he's your guy, and we're married to him. So do you want to support him, or do you want to just trash him nonstop and pat yourself on the back and enjoy a 5-12 and 12 and, season? And for the record, we're not saying Deshaun is not some scrub who needs the fan base to rally around him and make a billboard. That's just... I. You're not suggesting that. We're not, you, but here's the thing. You know the point I'm getting. I, that's exactly what I'm trying. I know. I get it. That's what I'm saying. Here's the thing. People keep wanting to go back and say Deshaun in the in 2020 when he led the league in passing, when he was you know considered a top five quarterback in the conversation with Mahomes and Allen and, and everyone else, at least, or top ten, very worse back then. Um, people, it's not. We're not in 2020 anymore. Now. Is people need to stop expecting him to come out and look like Pat Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen right from the jump. Is his ceiling in that conversation to be mentioned with those fellas? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hopefully. Yes. Has he been there before? Yes. Cannot expect that to happen right from the jump to be there. Now, you're also, but on the other, on the other hand, it's also okay to be mad that you're not even getting average play right now. Yeah. Cause right now, and again, I'm I'm not railing on the dude. I, I'm I'm team Deshaun on the football field till till the till the casket drops. So this whole thing is over with. Again, for better or worse. Right now, and I'm not gonna read off stats. I mean, in that game, as I'm about to read off some stats, but I meant overall, <laughs> he was twenty two for forty, one touchdown, one interception. We can talk about all the other mistakes and whatnot. I think he's just trying to push too hard. I think he's trying to be perfect. I think he's in his head. But for the millionth time, we are two games in. Stop expecting him to be Pat Mahomes. But, and to repeat myself, it is still fair because if you look at all the other stats online, he is bottom three in literally everything. And yeah. so we, the reason, I understand people's frustration because we maybe thought it'd be a little bit of a, you know, just a, an average whatever start, but no one expected him to come out and be, unfortunately, a bottom three quarterback in the NFL. That's where people's frustrations coming from. Obviously, people are freaking out. But my to to combat that, to alleviate that, again, two weeks in, I'm not panicking. They're staying the course. The team isn't panicking. Stefanski's not panicking. You can watch the press conferences or take my word for it because I'm a loser and I do that all the time. If we get to the bye after four games and there's still a very, what looks like a a confused uh, offense, then we can start having some more difficult conversations. And no, I'm not saying we're going to, he's not going anywhere, y'all. All right, so just forget that. But we can start really thinking, and talking about what is Deshaun going to get back to? What is his ceiling now? If we're four, five games into the season and we're still not seeing much. Honestly, his he's just got to win football games. I would say baby steps, whatever it is for the coaching staff, whatever it is you guys can do to ease him into it. And then somebody will say, listening, well, he was paid $230 million. You shouldn't have to ease him into anything. Well, 
tough shit. It's kind of where we're at now. Yeah, you're still human. Do whatever you got to do to get the best out of him. And I saw some article. I didn't read it, but it was like, can Deshaun Watson get up to the level of play that Baker Mayfield was? And it's like, uh, it's a matter of time before that article came out. And the people, yeah. But it's another thing on Twitter is the Baker versus Deshaun and Baker in Tampa, Baker in Cleveland. It, just everyone just shut up. Baker got like, lambasted for being a game manager, like that was a ceiling. And then, in fairness, it's like, man, Deshaun, can you be a game but, but manager? These are not these are not apples to apples, and it's just such a stupid waste of time argument to be even bringing those two in the same sentence right now. But they got to figure it out. He's got to figure it out. They got to come together as a team, rally behind Chubb. Maybe Kareem Hunt will help spark that fire. I don't know. Uh, you said you're not panicking. I'm outwardly not panicking. Internally, I'm kind of panicking because. I fear that another game like this or kind of at that flat line level where it's like, okay, this guy is the bottom rung of the league. The tweets, the media, it's going to get worse and worse. And if he is in his head, then you got yourself a tailspin. I don't care about social media in in this sense. In this sense, he does. But he says he hears it and sees it. People that I trust say he doesn't run his Twitter account. Who knows? It was about, I, I really don't think that he's enough of a professional where, yeah, he's human. He's not just searching for his name and scrolling through shit. I pray to God. I can't confirm that, but I, I don't think that's really affecting him. Here's the thing. We lost 26 to 22. We had the game won. The Steelers had negative seven yards in the fourth quarter. One more time. We've all heard this all week long. Negative seven yards. First team in a hundred years, look it up to have a comeback with negative yards in the fourth quarter. <laughs> this is where we can laugh and say that would only happen to this franchise. Yeah, we had to get the Browns stats out first, of the way. Yeah, that first play would only happen to the Browns. And another thing that amazes me is we sit here and we always think there's really nothing we haven't seen yet as Browns fans. Nothing. I'm not giving this an old pity party. I'm just being real here. We've seen literally everything. We had a quarterback go to Vegas the night before a game in a disguise, okay? But then you got these things like that happen with we lose the first play of that game, the minus seven yards. Um, let's just let's bury this game. I will say, hey, um, as much as I despise everything about Pittsburgh and Steelers fans and just everything about the Steelers, I'm um, going to pause that hate for a second and give a shout-out. And you, you were there. I just saw it on TV. Steelers fans gave Chubb a pretty nice, you know, cheer. They all stood up. They were chanting his name. There's respect amongst the organization for stuff like that. Like, they did not want to see Chubb go down like that and blow his whole knee out. So I will give him a shout-out for that. Also, shout-out to ABC. How many times in the last decade, forever, I'm thinking all the way back to, like, Louisville with, like, Kevin Ware, um, when Paul George, uh, Gordon Hayward, all these guys that have had these nasty ass, gruesome injuries where they show it a hundred times on TV and you're literally screaming the TV, stop showing this. Shout out Buck Aikman, Monday Night Football, ABC. They said, we are not showing this replay. It will not be shown here because that's how bad it is. So that uh, props to that. Hey, let's bury this game. Amari Cooper, 90 yards out of seven receptions. Jerome Ford, hey man, second year came in, had 100 plus yards. And a big old breakaway. So they've been high on this kid since they drafted him. Let's see what you can do with shit showtime, baby. 
couple things that I'm not sure about because I don't know football, but just as a fan who watches a lot and reads a lot, Najoku is one of the highest paid tight ends in the league. Why aren't we throwing him the ball and throwing it to Harrison Bryant? I understand. You want to do a quick five-yard pass, start out, give Deshaun some confidence, great. Why is it going to our to Harrison Bryant? Nothing. Hey, Harrison had a touchdown week one. Love Harrison. Najoku. Why are we not throwing to Najoku? Also, where's DPJ Ben? He's had like, what, one target this season? Elijah Moore? It, it, again, we said this at the end of last year, kind of early in the summer. We said we will we are never again on this podcast, and we might have cheated on this a little bit, believing what we see in training camp until the season starts. Yeah. You would have thought we had from the videos and the reports, a majority of people are saying, that, I mean, this receiver room, this offense looks, it's just gelling. It's not. It's not right now. Can they get it together? Do I have faith in Stefanski to do it? Yes. Do I have faith in Deshaun Watson to at least, get, if he was, if he played at a D grade on Monday night, we win that game. Yeah. I'm talking D, not F, D. That's all we're asking for. Well, not D, but at least average. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, give us average. Let's bury this game. Um, Chubb, it's just, that's still like, I, I woke up the next morning and you wake up and you, you're you just in a bad mood and you don't know why and you have to think for a second, like, why am I already so angry? It's early in the morning. I haven't even started my day yet. And you're, oh, because we lost one of my, if not my favorite Brown of all time to the season, if not longer. Knock on wood, hope not. Anyway, um, Let's get rid of this game. I don't want to ever think about it again. Um, and then what we're going to have to, I'm sure. Got to play these guys again later on this year. Hope we get a little payback there. Hey, welcome back, Kareem Hunt. Welcome back, Kareem Hunt. And this is uh, when we had the uh, tellers on earlier, and he told us this, I think, last year. He said Kareem Hunt will sit behind the quarterback and Wyatt can hear him, like, talking shit to the other line. So I had to edit this out of that episode because when they were, when Carly and Wyatt shout out tellers came on a couple weeks ago, I'm sorry to interrupt you. They, I asked Wyatt because he told us on a previous interview a year or two ago, I said, who talks the most shit on the field? He goes, Kareem. And so I asked him, I said, with Kareem gone, who's going to talk all this shit now? And there really wasn't an answer per se, but now that he's back. Yeah. Wyatt says he'll just run his mouth. He'll look over to defensive lineman and be like, Hey, 94, you're fat and you suck. Not verbatim. I'm just giving an example, paraphrasing. And then the, what Wyatt was trying to say is that he looks, he's like, Kareem, I got to block this dude. <laughs> so, so yeah, he's motivating the defensive him, but line. I have to block him. So yeah, he is motivating the defensive line, but maybe at the same time, he's motivating our offensive line, our quarterback. Maybe that fire is contagious. We need that fire. He's got that. I, is it realistic that he plays this week? He's going to play. Okay, so... Not he's not going to have any kind of crazy workload. He'll probably be behind. He's going to be the, I'm guessing the third one. Hopefully he can be a vocal. That's what that's what I, we got back. Guy, that? like regardless of like and quite frankly they need it. Uh, He'll light a fire up some asses. And he's been here. He's not just some new dude coming. He's been here since five years. Like, and apparently he looks him. in shape. Is that what I'm hearing? So he's lost ten pounds. He's lean and mean. He looks the fans say he looks great on the field. He's going to get a full, not full, I guess full week technically today and tomorrow. And then they, from everything that they're saying, they haven't really confirmed anything yet, of course, but he's looking to be active for Sunday. And okay. Greg Newsom is still day of the day. We'll know Friday, today, after this podcast comes out, 
what his status could be for Sunday. Hopefully something that I speak it into existence, speak it out of existence. Hopefully the defense can keep playing with that fire because they have been looking so good. And it's easy, unfortunately, for that fire to run out if the offense isn't doing shit. But keep doing what you're doing, boys. Hey, there's let's go. There's, we got to keep we're, we're so down on this offense. And, you know, obviously the game is still very fresh. So many expectations coming into the season. So, yeah, we're all rightfully down. But, hey, this defense is real. Knock on wood. This defense is top three five in everything right now. It is real. You've heard these dudes, Miles, uh, Dalvin, Newsome, everyone. But, you know, Zadarius saying the seatbelt is off. They, Schwartz lets us go, and they are going. What was the final score? 26-24? 26-22. 14 of those points <laughs> came from the offense. That, that's what I was, I was laughing at the next day, because if I didn't laugh, I'd cry. The fact that the offense <laughs> it's like scored 14 points for the Steelers was... The number of... There is a second Brown stat of the episode slash of the season. Number of touchdowns given up by the Browns defense, one on the year. Another of touchdowns given up by the Browns offense, two on the year. Eight quarters of football, defense has given up one big play and a touchdown and some field goals, but unreal start. Exactly what we were praying to God for to come out. Look, this defense is going to keep you in every game. If they stay that hot. Healthy. Well, yeah. We're not it gonna seems like everything that every time we don't bring up what can hurt us, it does, but just keep it going, boys. Stay. Keep it all. Let's see the pick six. Let's do it at 11. Crank it up to 11. You're at 10 because the offense needs all the help they can get. Worst case, we just punt every down. You know, someone was talking about that. Well, actually, a lot of people are talking about that the next day, but at the bar, too. They're like, yo, let's just do the uh, just water boy it. Yeah. Just take a knee on offense. <laughs> We're not there yet, but after the bye, we may be No, we are nowhere near that. that. Guys, fam, two games. Let's get at least four. Then we can start talking about... What the hell is going on moving forward? Hey, Sunday, game three, week three of the season. Tennessee Titans are coming to town. Head coach Mike Vrabel, son of Ohio, born and raised in Akron, went to Walsh Jesuit High School, played at Ohio State, played for the Patriots. He's got many rings of all levels. Tennessee Titans offense is 21st overall. Their defense is 20th overall. Their offensive line has three or four brand new guys. Offensive line has been a mess so far this year, which – Let's just go be negative real quick. Usually when we say that, they come into Brown Stadium and have career yeah, yep, games. Yep. But anyway, it's not going to happen. No, you got way. Good job. Derrick Henry, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, these boys are, are nothing to play with. I mean, Derrick Henry isn't going to be carrying 800 times a year anymore like he was in the past, but it's still Derrick Henry. I still have nightmares of that week one a few years ago when they came to town. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, they are one and one on the year, just like us. Am I... Scared of this team? No. Do I? Am I worried after the first two weeks of this offense? Yeah. So we're kind of leveled out at neutral right now. That being said, Mike Vrabel is a defensive guru. That dude is going to have his team so pumped to come up here. He's going to get them talking, oh, blood in the water. They've had a rough. He is going to have those boys ready to roll. And we need the Browns to be just as ready, if not more, than they were when they came out week one against Cincy and just went nuts. 
I'm very excited to see what Schwartzy does with this brand new offensive line that has not had a good start to the season at all. Tannehill has had one good game, one bad game so far this season. I'm not really worried about him. I think our defense eats big time. We got to see what this offense can do and if they can turn this shit around in a few days. I think they will. I have hope. They are not panicking. Again, the press conferences, Deshaun is just like, look, we just got to get more on the same page. We got to execute. They got a few more days to go. I'm excited for this game. I'm nervous because what you know what I'm, I'm most nervous for and scared for? And not because I, I think these guys are going to get their feelings hurt. I don't want the stadium to boo <laughs> if that first series sucks. Because that just takes the vibe out of the whole fan base. And it's just like, it's just, we're not, we ain't that. Cleveland ain't that. Stop it. I'm not going to tell people they can't boo. You pay tickets, go to a game, you boo all you want. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not, again, these dudes are not crying if you boo them. But you shouldn't but boo if the, you want the team no, to yeah, produce. Oh yeah, I'm not encouraging it either. But my fear is that we start slow. They start booing. The vibe gets off. Um, anyway, glass half full. We will have the pregame episode, which if you're not keen to that yet, new listeners, every Friday or Saturday. It'll be Saturday this week because this episode comes out on a Friday. Uh, we drop a five-minute pregame, which is the most basic, quick-hitting facts, everything you need to know before the game the next day or the day after that. Spreads three and a half right now. Browns are favored at home. I don't believe in spreads. What are we... We haven't oh. done a prediction this year yet. Uh, how do we want to play it? How do we want to play the prediction game? I'm going to go... I'll go first this time. Okay. 30 to 10, Browns. All right. 45-13, Browns. <laughs> Whoa, are they going to say uh, Titans for the reverse jinx? Uh, not yet. We haven't... Uh, we're not going to... Play all, all of our cards. Anyway. The oh, by the way, if you're in Chicago land, come to Goodnight John Boy. Watch, you're going to be in Chicago. Yeah, I'm here this week. Yeah, come watch the game with me and Kevin at Goodnight John Boy. It's a. Are you, are you allowed bar. out this weekend? Yeah, I'm allowed out this all weekend. Right. I'm driving back home from a wedding. No, and I'm not, I'm not not saying the misses is some kind of tyrant, but yeah, I was on a bender and after. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's why. But anyway, shout out your wife. My yeah. mom says I got to get one of those soon too. Um. Oh, let's do a God. There's just no. Hey, again, for the hundredth time, we're two weeks in. We're two games in. We're, we're everyone's talking and feeling like it's the end of the year, the end of the world. Relax. We're just getting started. Seventeen game season. We have ninety percent left of this season. Relax. There are teams that are zero and two right now that will go to the playoffs. There are teams that are two and zero right now that will be picking the top five next year. Relax. We have been we we. Unfortunately, didn't do this last week, so we have to give a quick shout out. Uh, Jimmy Donovan, the voice of the Browns. I don't think anyone would disagree that he deserves a championship and a success more than anyone because he's literally had to watch and call every single goddamn play since 99. Um, Just give him a playoff appearance. He's yeah, he had one of those. Well, one of those without the crowd, though. Um, shout out to Jimmy Donovan. You know, one of the, the most prominent, you know, big part of the heart and soul of his fan base, you know, taking a step back. Um, to continue his his cancer treatment. Hope to see him back very soon. Um, everyone's praying for him. Browns made a great video about that. Very excited, though, to see our guy, Chris Rose, who is a friend of program, former guest of the Dogs of War podcast. Slash my good buddy's uncle. Uh, shout out, Andy. Uh, yeah. Uh, who knows? Just 
Browns, please win on Sunday. Uh, and if, if one one more thing too that you probably didn't see because you, you you were there and I was watching on TV before the game, Deshaun had they showed him sitting on the bench with a person sitting next to him. He had his eyes closed and he was like going through things. The person <laughs> next to him was called a visualization specialist. I guess he was like they're like meditating or something. If anyone knows any more about that, maybe we should maybe try it ourselves. Aikman was laughing at him, wasn't Get he? Get at me. I don't even remember, to be honest. They're just too loud. But is it a, a visualization specialist or something like that? If you know any more about that, get at me because I need to I need to figure out. I've never heard of that. I've never seen that. Is it meditation? What is it? But let me know. Anyway, that's all I got. Also, I don't think it worked that game, but I hear you. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, thank you for listening to Dogs of War podcast. We did not have a guest this week. We could have had Tennessee podcasts on, but really wasn't in a mood to talk to another fan base this week. In all honesty, we'll be back next week with a guest. Don't worry. For Raleigh, for myself, thank you for listening to Dogs of War podcast. Please give it a like and a subscribe if you haven't yet. Tell your grandma or grandpa. Yeah, just take their phones their phone, and subscribe. subscribe. Yeah, absolutely. They'll thank you for it. We'll be back soon with the pregame episode. Good night, Cleveland. Even Sunday, you could see him arrive. He's been six foot two, weight 225. Number 32, he was better than the rest. Everybody knew that he was the best. Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Big Jim Brown. Jim Brown. He was a first round pick in the 57 draft. Started setting records at the league of gas. Had a debut like few in sports history. He was rookie of the year and the MVP, Jim Brown. No one ever seen anybody like Jim. Year after year, the competition was him. Touchdown after touchdown, win after win. Title after title kept raking them in, Jim Brown. Jim Brown, Jim Brown, Big Jim Brown, Jim Brown. Then came that game on that day in December that still to this day is reminisced and remembered. The world stood still and hearts beat fast. Not one point scored, 0-0 at the half, but hold on. Through the third and fourth quarter, they kept fighting hard through touchdowns and field goals and Jim's rushing yard. Cleveland had 27 and the Colts had none. The Browns were triumphant. The championship was won. Jim Brown, Jim Brown, Big Jim Brown. He never missed a game. He was voted into the Pro Bowl every year that he played. He had eight leading rushing seasons, three MVPs, and still holds a franchise record for most rushing in the league, Jim Brown. From a director's chair on a movie set, Jim broke the news that they'll never forget. He said he'd made up his mind. He said it was time. He said he retired. It was the end of the line for Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Jim Brown, Big Jim Brown, Jim Brown. Now his jersey's retired, he's in the Hall of Fame. He's got a ring of honor and a statue in his name. You can sum up this man in one single line. 
He's the greatest NFL running back of all time. Big Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Big Jim Brown. Ooh. 